Business Bros is your show, where small business professionals just like you come to tell their stories. This podcast is for those who understand the number one rule in business, which is to be of service to others. Learn how today's professionals generate leads, what's working on social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of those who are out there doing the real work. And now let's welcome your hosts, Hernan Cias, the real estate bro with eXp Realty, the cloud-based brokerage where top producers reign, and James Cias, the insurance bro with Pipeline Insurance, making sure you are covered because there's a lot riding out there. And now here are the business bros. Welcome to another episode of Business Bros. <laughs> what up, ladies and gentlemen? Hernan Cias here, host of the Business Bros podcast, along with my co-host, where we are... Oh, yeah. Sorry. My bad. Uh, no, go ahead. Just along with my co-host. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do it after. It doesn't sound right. Oh, man. Where we are uh, helping, empowering others to create wealth for today and generational wealth for tomorrow. And the co-host, James C.S. with Pipeline Insurance, where we are empowering licensed professionals to effectively add insurance into their existing businesses. My mind is all over the place. Yeah, today. I know. That's exactly what we were talking about just now anyway. But anyway... Um, as always, another fun-filled, ready-to-go rock and roll episode for you. Here we go. All of us have a warrior inside us, a champion undeterred by circumstance, station or life. In station in life or obstacles. Uh, today's guest is passionate about creating highly visible and profitable industry leaders. This gentleman loves helping people to realize their purpose and achieve above and beyond what they once thought impossible. Our guest today has written eight books, been interviewed over 135 times, started a magazine, and won business awards. Most of all, this guest loves to help others realize that anything is possible with hard work and determination. Without further ado, please welcome to the show, the warrior strategist, Dr. Rob Garcia. What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me. Doctor, I didn't even know that one ahead of time. What? Doctor in education, yeah. No way, yeah. Wanted to get that in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been working on that laugh track for a while, or that applaud track for a while. All right, ladies and gents. Well, let's get into this. Mr. Rob, actually, I shouldn't say that. Doctor. Dr. Robert Garcia. Hey, man. Uh, first of all, I wanted to say the way we met um, was the more new age way of meeting, dude. We met via social media, right? Yeah, yeah, you were recommended. Uh, recommended. So that is a new thing for us. Like, we've been doing the show for almost two years, right? And we do it every single day. We've met a lot of cool people. We've had, like, over 250 guests on the show. I mean, it, it's become, like, our our thing. Um, and lately, in the last few months, that has started to happen. We're like, hey, I've heard about your show. Or, hey, you know, I've, you've had this person on your show. I've known, like, I recognize your face. Like, different things like that. Mm-hmm. Um what is what does it take for a show or for a brand to build to that level? Like, what in your experience? Like, you you've got a magazine, you've built some stuff. I mean, we've done the, the grind work, but you've done it quite faster. Like, what does it take to do that? Well, the the first thing is is you have to understand the difference between a company and a brand, and that's um, something that a lot of entrepreneurs don't get. So, what was, I want you to think about this? What was the first thing that happened when we connected? Um, what, do you remember the first action that I did? that I bought from you? Yeah, you bought a shirt. Exactly, why do you think I bought the shirt? Um, I'm assuming fan of the show, make a connection? 
because the graphic was cool. It was interesting. It was engaging. It's eye-catching. So now when I wear it, besides the fact that it fits my muscular body well, because it's nice. an athletic cut, but when I wear, <laughs> when I sport that out, you know, people are going to recognize it. They're going to ask questions. They're going to know I'm affiliated with the show. So that is a brand I want to be a part of. So you guys mastered that. You, you have a great graphic. You guys have a great thematic approach to what you're doing, but that's the difference. Like, you're not just a company. Like, I don't just hang out with you guys because you're, you know, you run a company. You're a fun brand I want to be associated with. My friends obviously are talking about you. So that's the difference. Oh. Fun, I like that because that's that's definitely something that we like to do on the show, and, and <clears throat> little things like little nuances, nuances like when we fumble our words, little things like where uh, like at the beginning I was like, oh shit, we, we're implementing this new thing where we're talking about our why statements at the beginning, mm-hmm. and I messed it up and I didn't even do it. I'm like, that's it, just go with it. But like just because we can have fun with our own show, right? Like we can do things like that because it's our own gig, and some people would look at it as damn dude like you should edit that out or you know maybe you guys should should add this or blur this out or or cut out these curse words whatever like for us it's like dude this is our show like this is you see the raw us this is the fun us this is the we're human we make mistakes like but that's not professional that's not business like like quote unquote quote unquote right like what what's the difference then it makes you relatable and so that that's a big thing. It's why a lot of people want to interview me because despite like the six degrees and the 135 interviews and being on Fox three times, all this different stuff, like people still realize that I'm just a, a goofy kid that grew up poor in a logging town and I'm, I'm relatable. I'm an easy person to talk to. Well, tell me a little bit about that whole background thing because right, now, now you have accolades. Now you're in a spot where you're comfortable, yet you're still trying to grow your company, but you didn't start off there. Like, where did you come from? Now, I grew up in Eureka, California, which is up in uh, Humboldt. If uh, you listen to Snoop Dogg or Cypress Hill, you, you know what Humboldt's famous for. And um, <laughs> I uh, grew up in a low-income family, uh, a lot of drug addiction, a lot of alcoholism, and I ended up uh, failing out of high school and failing out of two colleges, and um, I had a learning disability, and I couldn't pay attention in class. And so I was just constantly shuffling around uh, between family members. I moved 16 times between first and 11th grade, and I just uh, couldn't really find out who I was going to be, man. It was it was just a really rough time in my life. And so at 19, I found myself sleeping on the floor and not being able to afford meat in Phoenix, and I said, okay, you got to do something different. You got to make some different life choices. So around 21, I, I joined the Air Force. Dude. Sleeping on the streets, like mm-hmm. not being able to... just the, the floor of my apartment, like oh, I couldn't okay, afford okay, a bed. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't on the streets. Okay, I was... I was close a few times. Yeah. All right, all right. So you joined the military, and that like right away that straightened you out. I mean, I, I hear that from the military. Mm-hmm. Like James for sure changed him around. Like he folds his socks and his underwear and his shirts the same way still now to this day. But uh, that's what they taught us in the Navy. I know it's different in the Air Force. <laughs> hey, we're, yeah, we're, yeah. The maid, the maid comes in, and does it for us. You have to fold your stuff. I mean, I don't know. I, just open, yeah. I open the door, and the, you know, it's done for me. Yeah, like, yeah. Whole different know. story. I know. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But um, it didn't. No, it wasn't a, an immediate thing because I, um, well, I could eat, which was amazing. Um, the discipline and structure was kind of different, and then. Um, I was a hard charger the entire time. So I only served one active duty enlistment, uh, for about four and a half years. And I finished a bachelor's degree, two associates and a minor. Um, I'd applied to the FBI, applied to officer school. I pushed as hard as I could while I was in. And I was also like volunteering at Shriners, volunteering at muscular dystrophy association camp. Um, and just, just trying to do my best so that when I moved to San Diego, I would have some kind of structure. And I moved here in like Oh two. So what what changed for you? You you couldn't finish school. You couldn't pay attention in class. And then you, like, in the four years, you got a bachelor and two minors. Like, 
how did how did your mind shift? Like, what what happened in in there in that head of yours that you were like, okay, now I want to pay attention, or now I care about education? I, I did. That's such a good question, man. Nobody's ever asked me that. Like at that at that level, um, it uh, I was just focused because once I had a little bit of certainty, like Tony Robbins talks about, like he talks about the need for certainty for us, which you know gets rid of our anxiety. I had a place to sleep. I had like food. I had like a paycheck, and so I could just say, okay. I'm going to start chasing my goals and I know I have to get educated. I know I have to take advantage of my time in the military. I know I'm not doing a second enlistment. And so I'm just going to, you know, dip as soon as my time's out. But, um, it wasn't super hard because I, I didn't, um, I just took like professional aeronautics or something. It wasn't like anything crazy though. It wasn't like engineering or math or anything. So just got it done, stayed focused, uh, didn't get married and then, um, just left, man. Came to San Diego. Dude, that's that's intense. I, I I talk to a lot of kids that struggle with with school. That it's it's just not theirs. It doesn't click for them. It's not, uh, it, you know, they they're going on thirteen years in education because they're seniors. You know, kindergarten counts as one, uh, and so they're they're thirteen years in education. They can't wait to get the hell out of there. Like it's over. And yet I'm trying to, you know, impress upon them the fact that, you know, your education doesn't end when school ends. Like you got to figure out there's something out there for you. And when you figure that out, I guarantee you, your education is not going to start. You're going to want to continue to learn everything you possibly can about that particular subject. What was yours? Well, the, the thing is for kids like that, the, most of them are kinesthetic tactile learners. And so it means that they learn by doing. And so for a lot of kids that take auto shop, a lot of t- kids that, that take like the engineering classes or electronics classes, like that's their way of learning because they actually get to build something and understand why they're learning. Mm-hmm. Kids that hate school can't sit still in the classroom. They don't get the real world implications. That was my problem. Anyway. There's no connection. Yeah. So the only time I ever like really cared about physics or the metric system was when I applied it to like skateboarding. That's what I did for a long time. <laughs> so <laughs> that makes sense. I got a lot of skaters too. <laughs> they bring their boards in and hang out. <laughs> my first company was a skateboard company. I actually wore the shirt. This is my first company, Blue Dragon Enterprises. But it was that was my very first entrepreneurial venture. Venture. I had a skate company for a while. All right, tell me about that. So what, like, just selling stuff like popped in your head, or like you had a, a, a paycheck, you had consistency, you knew where you were gonna eat, you knew where, what you were gonna what you were gonna eat, where you were gonna sleep, and so you decided to like start a company. Is that something that's always been in the back of your mind, or? Yeah. So this is this fast forwarding figure. So I moved to San Diego. I start teaching at Morse, and then I'm a high school teacher, and I. I all, all this stuff happened within the span of like three years. So I joined the reserves. I enrolled in a doctoral program. I'd already finished my master's when, you know, came to San Diego. Uh, enrolled in a doctoral program, and I started a skateboard company because I've been a, like a skateboarder for 30 years. And so I didn't know how to run the business end of skateboarding, though. That was the problem. But I just bought like 100 decks. I got like some custom graphics made, some shirts, some hats. Like I had a clothing line, little stuff like that. And um, just learn the nuances, the very basic nuances. And I sold a lot of skateboards. Like I sold, I'd say, 80% of my inventory. I was actually killing it because everybody trusted me and liked me. But I didn't understand certain, you know, marketing or any of the the other stuff. I just kind of did it, like, immediately. But that was my first, like, business venture. And I was was proud of it for a long time. So, okay, so let's let's dip into this whole marketing thing because that's... That's a huge part of it. That knowing the business part of your business, knowing the numbers, knowing the P&Ls, figuring out how to acquire a customer, what that acquisition cost is, you know, all these different things, they come as part of an experience for most people, right? Can you learn about it at school? Absolutely. But I'm like you, if you don't ap- apply it, there's no application, like it's just theory. 
but you started applying it. So, so what happened that, that you started to like focus in on that sort of stuff? I just, I mean, I, 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 it never got to the point where it was, it was a good business, but I didn't, I was very loose with it. I was, I treat it like a hobby and that's what they're where entrepreneurs get caught up is they treat their businesses like hobbies. They don't really focus on like growth strategies or, you know, income goals each month or productivity, anything like that. Like, how do I grow this company? How do I get more exposure? All this stuff. Because the climate was a lot different when I started Blue Dragon. It was, it was probably like 2006 or seven. And, um, I, I went at it for a couple of years, three, four years and I enjoyed it, but it was, you know, it was time for me to move on. So then I got into business strategies and I started writing books and, Business strategies is where, like, I really just enjoy it. It's it's really what I was put on this earth to do. So I heard you wrote a book and made like a grand, or you sold a thousand copies, or made a thousand dollars in a day. So I wrote an ebook. I wrote a couple of paperbacks, and then I got into ebooks once I figured out like how to do it. And I wrote a business ebook called The Profitable Entrepreneur, and it's just I made it in one day. I think it was ten pages long. Sold it for 47 bucks, and I just sold it to my Facebook group, 126 members, like nobody else, like not the general population, not like Facebook ads, anything like that. And I just uh, let people know, and I, I yeah, I broke a, I broke a thousand dollars in seven days, and then the one after that, the the veteran entrepreneur, I broke a thousand dollars in one day. So tell me about <clears throat> that strategy, because you you kind of hinted on it there. You had a group of people that were already following you. Right. Right. That already know, like, and trusted you. What, wh- why would people like that buy things from you? What is it that you do a little bit differently in your relationships that gets people to buy from you? So, what I found out is you have to create a warm audience before you do anything, before you launch a course, before you launch an ebook, before you like try and sell anything. You have to have a warm audience. You have to identify their pain points and you have to create a product or service that will address their pain points and take away their pain. So that's the start. And then you have to very eloquently be able to describe what they're going to get with their purchase. Like, is their life going to be better? Is, are they going to be able to do some new you know, tactic? Are they going to be able to create some result? You have to make sure that they know when they buy your product, that their life is going to change in a positive way. So how do you go about creating this warm audience? I mean, is it, do I create a, f- a funnel and I throw out Facebook ads? Do I, is it like some sort of hook that I need to catch them with? How do you create a warm, a warm audience like that? I am so simplistic. It would um, stun both you guys. Uh, I, I don't use Facebook ads almost ever. I don't use funnels. Um, it's all organic. And so, what I do is a couple of different tactics. Um, I ask open-ended questions that are related to the pain point. Um, I give trainings like Facebook Lives or Zoom group calls where we talk about a certain pain point, and then I will introduce my service or product that will solve that pain point. So for example, um, my course, like I have a course on visibility. So somebody has a business and it's not performing well, and they know they need to get on the news or they know they need to get like a better social media plan. Then I talk about, okay, what's invisibility doing to your company, right? Like no sales, you don't have an audience, nobody's buying from you, all that stuff. My course will do this, this, and this, and here are some case studies of the last people that took it. So I'm, then I'm gonna tell them about Evan Derv, who runs Pro Finance, who in seven days, we got him on nine podcasts, uh, the local news, and now he's gonna be a writer for military.com, 10 million members, right? We did that in seven days. Wow. That, that's addressing a pain point, yeah. visibility. So you address the pain point, then you offer the solution in whatever it is that you're creating. That sounds very, very simple. 
So why aren't people working an angle like that? Why aren't people doing it if it's so simple? Because they don't think about it, and most people are scared to take action. To be honest with you, it's why it's why influencers and gurus make so much money lifestyle marketing because they they paint that rosy picture like, hey, I'm going to offer you everything, but most people will not take action. Dude, that is so true. That's like a that's like the whole gym thing. I always related to going to the gym because I I wake up every morning, it's 4:20, get up, go to the gym. I do the one thing that I know is going to give me the greatest result, but I hate to do, just run, right? I get on that treadmill, I run my four miles, and then when that's done, I go do the next thing that I know I don't like to do, but is going to give me the greatest greatest results, pull-ups, right? And but it, it, it sucks, right? Those are the two exercises that nobody likes to do, but are the ones that I do every, almost every, every day I run, and then every other day I do the pull-up thing. And it gives me the greatest result, but I don't like doing it. It's kind of like the same thing in business. There are certain things that you need to do every single day, which is, you know, get in front of somebody, tell them what it is you do, right? And offer them some sort of value, some sort of product or proposition. Yeah. Those are the things that most people avoid, like the plague in business. So how are we changing that? How we how do we help people with that? Are you, are you like literally holding their hand and walking them through it? Or how does this, how does this work? Do you help them develop? It, it's really about connection because, and, and one thing I'm starting to see, you know, we, we start to see certain patterns in our businesses. And one thing I see is that people really trust my recommendations. Like if I send somebody to a podcaster and I'm like, Hey, you should interview them. They'll be like, Oh, Dr. Rob sent you. Absolutely. You know? And I treat my audience with the same respect I would treat a, a, a loved family member. So I don't, I don't pitch people bad stuff. I don't try and just make sales. I've even downsold um, certain services when somebody wants to buy something for like two thousand dollars. I'm like, well, that's not going to solve the problem. You can solve the problem for this, which is like eight hundred dollars. And I've, I've downsold certain sales, so I'm ethical. Like people trust me because I don't want to give them the most expensive item on the menu. I want to give them the item on the menu that solves their problem. And that's why people come to me. How do you identify people's problems? Like, ask you, them. You, you, okay, tell me a little bit more because I've seen <clears> your <throat> posts. Like, you've been posting like a like a madman. I was telling you be, behind uh, be, before the mics were on, and I was telling you how you post all kinds of stuff. And I noticed a lot of the things that you post are questions, mm-hmm. right? Like you're asking, like, hey, you know, what's your what's your biggest goal for today? Or what was what was the hardest thing that that you that you accomplished today? Or what's the biggest struggle that you have? Like they're very simple questions. They're engaging. People are comment commenting and reacting, right? And I'm assuming there's a purpose behind that. Yes, yeah, so take them up the ladder of friendship to start with, and then get them to a certain point because there's different categories of people. So. I'm not going to nail this exactly like on the spot, but I'll do the best I can just to kind of give you an idea. So there's the general population, which is just everybody, you know, you know, strangers. Then there's bystanders. Those are the people that like your stuff, kind of check it out never really interact. And then there's uh, fans. So they're the ones that share your stuff, the ones that have conversations with you that might join your Facebook group, might share the podcast. And then there's clients and then there's super fans. And then you get to like elite elite VIP. I actually mapped this out on a chart one day and, and I just keep taking people uh, on the ladder by helping them and, and by finding out what their pain points are. And then I either send them a person that'll fix their problem or I create a solution to their problem. Dude, that's so, that's pretty basic, right? Pretty genius. It's, but it, surprise. We whoa 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 whoa! The time is eighteen minutes and fifty-seven seconds. 
We interrupt today's regularly scheduled number one podcast in San Diego for a purely selfish, completely irreverent sellout cash grab. Word from our sponsor. Hernan, what are we selling today? Podcasting, ladies and gentlemen. Look, it's the greatest thing. I get to meet people like Dr. Rob every single day. I get to be in front of people, tell them what it is we do. You, I am sure, are looking for a better way to do your prospecting, a better way to get in front of your audience, to blow up your social media in a positive way so that when you have a post, like we're talking about with Dr. Rob, there's engagement. There's actually people who care to talk to you, and hopefully you're working your way to creating some of those super fans and VIP fans. So we want to offer you the opportunity to have your own podcast. If you're interested in getting your own podcast, we're going to do it all for you. It's what we do already every single day. So we're going to help you create your own show from the beginning, from just the concept idea all the way to distribution and all your social media content, branding, and all that stuff. So make sure you guys hit me up, Hernan, at csfirst.com or 619-884-4915. I almost gave him your number, 619 Four nine one five for more information. We're also going to drop some uh, stuff right here in the show links, so make sure you guys check it out. Businessbros.biz. And now back to the number one podcast in San Diego, the Business Bros Pod. Oh, landed that one. All right, there you go. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. He's taking his producer role pretty seriously, right? Do you think? Yeah, this is pretty high tech, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I got like two whole sound soundboards. Yeah, two, two whole, whole soundtracks. Sound dude, yeah. we're crushing Woo! it. Woo! Yes, getting there. <laughs> oh, dude. So you know, that's one of those things where uh, we, when we started off with the whole podcast thing, we knew that there was something about getting on social media. We knew there's something about commenting we knew there's something important about making personal connections so like one of the things i've done uh that we we adopted really early on is is when somebody sends me a friend request on facebook i send them a video message it's very personal like you know it's me like i didn't make it up i say your name i even tell you like the day that i'm sending it to so like it's it's 100 humble it's me and, and i like to send communications that way it's much i think it's much more genuine than than just you know typing stuff out and I get such great responses from people when I do that. Like it, it, it brightens up their day. Like, oh, this guy actually cares, or this guy like step back. I want to start taking it to another level at that point. So, what do you suggest as far as you know? Okay, I made a good in, a good first impression now, right? Mm-hmm. I've started off the relationship right. <clears throat> what do I do next to, to elevate it? You have to have a video call for like 10, 15 minutes. And if I remember right, I think I sent you a video first. You did. Yeah, and then well, obviously it worked. I'm, I'm sitting here with the business bros, so uh, you know I did something right. But you've discovered something very important: is that people want personalization and they want attention. And I do that too. I do like two minute private uh, YouTube videos. I just send them and I just record a personal message, like I'm a genuine compliment, and it's opened a lot of doors. So the next step you want to do is to set up a 10 to 15 minute video call, and you just want to ask them, okay. What are you working on right now? And what's your biggest pain point? Like, what do you need solved? And then from then on, you never pitch them. You just find out where they're at in their business. And then you either can offer a service, you can recommend a person, or you can, you know, just take it down the rabbit hole, see where it goes. But that's really what people need. That, that takes it to a whole new level. I like that. <laughs> that really does, yeah. Yeah, we, we actually have done similar things for our, uh, for our agents. Mm-hmm. So like we've set up stuff where uh, we're going to contact an agent. We're going to like set up a 15 minute call or a 20 minute call. And exactly that, like, where are you at? 
what can we help you with? What is it that we can possibly provide for you? I mean, you're, you're, you're one of our teammates, right? What is it that we can possibly do to help you? Um, but I still fall upon the, where there's a referral, where there's a piece of advice, where there's guidance and there's lack of action on the other side. You know what I mean? Like, what what have, what have you noticed when when you take the time to do stuff like that? You take the time to help somebody out, to give them a little piece of advice, to to get them in a the direction that they want to go in, but they lack the action. Then they're not your ideal client to work with. And the way I look at it, I have a lot of analogies with dating, believe it or not. So if I go out with a girl and she's like just marginally interested and she doesn't really find me that intriguing, um, I I won't go out with her again. And business is the same way. You want people that are excited and fired up to work with you. And if they're not then that's fine. Just, just, you know, keep them in the pocket, just kind of help them out when you can once in a while. But they don't, if, if they're not putting in the work as well, equally to what you're doing, just move on. Hmm. That's kind of hard. I'll be 100% honest. Cause I always have that feeling like I want to be liked by everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not until most recently where I'm like, okay, well peace and keep moving on. But for most of my life, it was very much like, wait, you're not doing it? What What else do I need to do? Like, what else can I do to help you? What else can I like? And then I, I, you know, you talked about a rabbit hole. I could easily fall down the rabbit hole of trying to change somebody. And that's a tough one because I, I learned now, you know, 38 years of life, like you can't change people, right? No, people's in, inherent natures don't change. So when your younger sister uh, comes to you and she says, yeah, I just met this guy. He got out of prison and he promises he's going to change. And he's, you know, he's covered in tats <laughs> and he's kind of sketchy. And, and you're just like, yeah, you're, you're, you know, mid thirties, you should know better than this, but it's just it, it, the inherent nature of people does not change. Fixer uppers usually don't work. There are some rare exceptions, but for the most part, like people's nature, just, if they're not excited about you, they're not going to change. No, 100%. All right. So before the show, I told you a little bit about where we're at. Mm-hmm. Um, we have the podcast. Uh, we're trying to, we're, we're, help, we're moving towards helping people put their own podcast out there. We have the insurance agency, which we're basically wanting to contact uh, loan officers to help them grow another income stream using the insurance business. Um, and then I teach high school, of course. So what advice would you, or, you know, what, what kind of pain points are you hearing out of me that I might not quite catch myself? You know what I mean? Like you've, you've been talking to a lot of people in different businesses. Um, and you know, I'll give you an example. Like we want, one of our goals is to make 10 grand a month, um, from our insurance agency, 10 grand a month from the podcast itself. Right now we're thinking it's going to be more along the lines of helping people produce their own podcasts. But there could be other avenues like off the top of your head. Like, what do you what do you think? You know, what what kind of strategy or, or, or uh, game plan should we be putting together? You're you brought me on this show to pimp me out for free advice. Absolutely. Like that, that's brilliant. I'm, I'm actually I'm going to give it to you. So I, I admire the hustle, gentlemen. So, OK, so you're talking 10 grand each, right? right? 10 grand from the insurance company, 10 grand from the podcast. OK, so the first thing you have to do is you have to start interviewing higher end professionals that have the income to pay your fees for whatever they're doing. You already know who your target market is for the insurance, which is the mortgage people. Now you need a list of mortgage people. Where are you going to find that? Well, you can look up every San Diego business license that's been issued through this city. They have an Excel spreadsheet with 46,000 businesses on it, free to access. I'll send it to you tonight. You can filter it out over Excel, type in mortgage and see what pops up. They'll probably give you 40 names. Then uh, you can Google Mortgage Brokers San Diego. That'll give you a full list. And then just start reaching out to them. Let them know the value proposition, why they should work with you. Two case studies. Boom. Uh, So there's your mortgage people for the insurance. 
For the podcast, I would suggest having three-tiered pricing, uh, a VIP package, and then every third podcast interview, you interview a VIP in San Diego, someone with a giant audience or a local celebrity, maybe a newscaster or a reporter that'll get you on the news possibly. Um, focus, every third person should be somebody that's got major, major reach, besides me, of course. Yeah. <laughs> that's actually a good target. I mean, that's that's... You know, we do a show every single day, and so one of the one of the daily grinds is to make sure that we have a guest every single day. Because every once in a while, we have guests that you know things happen; they get sick, traffic, whatever. So we have to go at it just ourselves, which is kind of cool because we get to recap on like stuff that's going on in our own personal lives, business lives, that sort of stuff. But um, how do I find? those large audience peoples i i've done the i've done the dms and they they tend to work out where every once in a while but they do take a little bit longer to build as far as a relationship um i know i'll, I'll send you like five as soon as i get home tonight i know a, a few here and there um you need to look for people in certain professions so like my friend liberty is a reporter for one of the major stations i'll send you her information she would love to be interviewed uh, my friend Eugene Kim is an angel investor, and he's got crazy, crazy hundreds of thousands of views on his YouTube videos. He's uh, your seven-figure mentor on YouTube. Um, but ultimately, you just have to kind of look out and use some Google and then ask people. So here's here's how I find out most of my information. Go on Facebook and just ask the question, who do you know in San Diego that's got a giant audience? Mm. That's it. Ask questions, right? Yeah. Guess what? Boom, 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 boom. Tag an influencer in San Diego. Boom, 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 boom. And that's how you get free information. Not just that. That's how they get they get put on the spot, right? Yeah. Uh, how else are you gonna put somebody on the spot? You just ask. Yeah. That's it. I I, I just kind of how Facebook. we were, how we started to begin with anyway. Yeah. That's it's exactly how we started. So the, when we started uh, accumulating guests, we would have a guest come on the show, and at the end, we'd ask, "Who do you know that you think should be on the show?" And of course, everybody wants to tag their mentor. Right. And so they tag up. And then before you knew it, we were like, oh, what? Jesse Wright? Real Producer Magazine? Sweet. Let's get her on the show. Yep. And then and, and that's that's exactly how we did it. That's genius. I love it. I love it. I love the validation of, oh, shit, we are doing something right. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes. Sometimes. How do you go about starting a magazine? Like, that's got to be like that... Especially in the day and age where we have like digital, like the the newspapers went out of business, magazines are not doing so hot, and then you have a magazine that's doing relatively well. Like, how does that happen? So that's a whole story in itself. Um, I was working for someone that uh, had a magazine in the fitness industry for a little bit. I just learned a few things here and there. And then I just said, okay, the hell with it. What if Tim Ferriss wrote a magazine? What would it look like? And four years went by and... Um, I'm still still running it, so I just taught myself how to do it. It's it's. Uh, I started it. It was I was told by a lot of people not to do it. Like nobody's reading magazines. You're not going to make any money. You're going to waste your time. And then on the second issue, I landed an interview with Howard Wasden, who is was in Teal, SEAL Team Six and fought in Mogadishu. Like he was in Black Hawk Down, and that's when when I realized, wow, this is this is real. This could work. And then after that, I landed an interview with like Dr. Marshall Goldsmith, who's this like. 28-time author, like, overseas uh, speaker, just unbelievable coach, lives in, like, Rancho Santa Fe or somewhere. Like, he's kind of local. I got this crazy interview with him. And then it just got nuts. I, I got Mike Michalowicz, who wrote Profit First. He's, like, a uh, multiple New York Times bestselling author. And then Dr. Dale Comstock, who's, like, a reality TV star who was in Delta Force, and he's a Green Beret. And I got an interview with him when I was deployed. 
So it's just about belief. It's just about like really passionately uh, believing in what you do and not listening to other people. My vision for Shift is just I want to interview top performers, the best people out there. And I've been getting them. And only like, uh, you know, I'm going to tell you guys some insight. Uh, I actually turned down Ty Lopez. What? And I, I walked away. I reached out to him. His team got back to me. They're like, yeah, Ty's going to give you an interview. And then I read a little bit more about him, and he wasn't kind of in alignment with me. And I just said, eh, I just kind of backed out. But, How did that feel, dude? Like, let's, let's be honest. Like, you. Good. You, yeah. Really good. <laughs> because, I mean, honestly. you could like, say no. I'm not a fan. I'm just, I just, you know, no, nothing against him. That, that's cool. You know, I just, I just, he's not in alignment with my audience and what I feel like an entrepreneur should be. And that's my own opinion. But the fact that I could get to him, get that yes, and then just kind of like, yeah, maybe not. Dude, I don't know, man. I'm pretty competitive. If I would have given a yes and then he turned around and said no, I'd have been like, why not? Yeah. Did yeah. you ever hear back? Nah, nah. I did, I just quietly went out, and then Kimra Luna turned me down. She said my design wasn't good enough, and her exact response was, "Make that shit look dope, and I'll appear in your magazine." So she never got the second invite either. <laughs> but I did hire another designer, so <laughs> it was okay. Dude, so what, what's <clears throat> it like building a team like that? I mean, do you have like a massive like you know staffing, or or you know how does that work? No, how do you put together something like that, dude. It's as lean as you can get. I've got a an amazing Air Force vet who does my covers. His name's Rich Hill. Um, he does these incredible custom covers. And then I have a couple of guest writers that pop in once in a while, Abigail Sinclair and uh, and uh, Nikki Bain and Brenda Edelman. So they have helped me out. But that's, I do for a long time, I was doing everything except the cover. So, I mean, I was doing all the interviews, the writing, the layouts, you know, uploading it, marketing, selling ads, like everything. And then finally I brought in a few guest writers so I wasn't losing my mind. Dude. How many like how often does a, a magazine episode like a magazine uh, issue come out? Uh, it's quarterly now. That's an acceptable workload with everything else I got going on because you guys know I'm like a, a reservist in the Air Force, so I still got military stuff. Um, I'm still like a full time business consultant, and then I'm, I'm a host events. I have those wine and cheese parties, like the one you went to. Um, so I got a lot going on, and so I did. I was doing monthly, and then I was doing like bi monthly, and it was just it was just too crazy, man. It was too much writing. Yeah, it's uh, writing is not my thing. Like I actually reached out to somebody very recently, and um, and she's she's somebody I went to high school with, and and we reconnected because I was doing uh, I'm putting together a 20 year high school reunion thing, so reconnecting with a lot of people from high school, and and so I was talking to her, and I was like, I was like Tanya, like, you know, I I have this video thing, I have this audio thing, um, we were rocking it on those on those sectors. I have no writing, like. Our show notes are shit, right? Like, <laughs> I don't transcribe anything. We don't have blog posts. Like, there's anybody who wants to consume our content in the written space, they're SOL, dude. Like, there's no way to do that. And she was like, you know what? That's actually what I like to do. And so she's she's kind of coming on board and, and checking out our stuff and seeing what she can do. And she hit me up the other day. She's like, do you know you spelled attorney wrong in this post? <laughs> I was like, this is exactly why I need somebody like you. You know what I mean? Like, this is exactly why. So, you know, I'm starting to put together these, these team positions, these these different, the different spots to help grow this thing. And and I I tell them all the same thing. I'm like, 
like I'm not this is not an employee position this is something that if if you do really well if you if you you know you see an idea here maybe we can take people's stories we can put together you know a little ebook of people's stories we can do uh, extended interviews like there's all kinds of different stuff and then we can generate a revenue and you're gonna get the lion's share of that revenue because you're doing the lion's share of the work on that and that aspect of it but it's still you know these little networking partnerships relationships that are going to a similar cause like they're they've been something new for me in the last two years since doing this podcast like how much has your network grown since you decided that you know business and networking was going to be your thing i mean it's changed the game for me and i have constant sources of leads coming in so here's here's where i realized i'd kind of made it like there was a over the last few years i started to see these subtle changes and so like one Christmas ago, I got something like nine custom gifts in the mail from people, like just out of nowhere. Like people would print out my pictures or they would like send me a box of books that they liked that I thought I'd like, or they would make me stuff with my logo on it and mail it to me. So that was the start. And then I, I started going to events and getting like recognized, which was crazy and you know awesome. And and then the, the real change was just... Um, I mean, just the way that people treat me is is a lot different. So... I don't know, man. A network is, is, oh, this is the point I was going for. So the difference is now is that I only have to do inbound marketing. And what I mean is people seek me out versus me seeking them out. So when you see an entrepreneur starting off first couple of years, they're out there, they're pitching people immediately. They're jumping into LinkedIn and like trying to sell people stuff. And they're out there constantly looking for clients. That's outbound marketing. Whereas I hit the point where I can just go for a run at, at, at my peak, like when I was really, really killing it, I could go for a run. There would be 11 messages waiting for me when I got home. And it was all like either media requests or like, hey, I want to work with you or, hey, I need some help. Let's do a collab, whatever. But that's when I realized that I was reaching the right audience, that I was I was um, being visible enough. And then every Friday I go to Exceptional Entrepreneurs and I meet like 40, 50 people and I'm just handing out cards. And there have been times when there's like seven people waiting to talk to me when the meeting's over. And it's just, it's just crazy, man. I'm super grateful. It's just, yeah. it's, you know, it's a lot to process. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. But it's, it's super awesome when you can be of service like that. Oh, yeah. Like that's one of those things that we've been pushing. I mean, since the beginning of our show, like our, our motto has been to be of service to others. And, and you know, to we have agents on our staff that are, you know, that have life-changing incomes, you know what I mean? That that have that have achieved some great success, and and now I feel like, you know, with this podcast thing and, and us being, you know, opening the doors to show people how we did it and you know what we do on a everyday basis. Like I'm looking forward to seeing those case studies, those people like change, like their whole life change. I'm sure you have clients that are like, you know, they're really close friends now because you know they came in as a client and you've helped shape their life, and now they're dear friends. Yeah, I've had, I've had a few people hire me multiple times or take more than one of my classes and they just uh they really dig what I bring to the table and the change in their life. I mean, okay, I'll, I'll give you an example. So I started this visibility course, Tactical CEQ. Uh, this guy, Patrick Kirby, signs up from North Dakota. He had no idea who I was. He just saw my, some of my videos and he thought it was cool. He signs up for like 645 bucks. He ends up graduating this course. He writes an Amazon number one best-selling book. He now has his own podcast. He moved out, has this giant office in North Dakota, and he sold out numerous events. Like the dude is a legit rock star. And so he he owes he he tells people he owes everything in Taxi EQ. He signed up for my other course. 
But this is a guy who has had a major life upswing in like the course of a year because he worked at me. Now, obviously, I can't promise that for everybody. And yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He he was the you know he worked his ass off to get like where he's at. But he's an example of what's possible if you work hard. See, and and let me ask you this: <clears throat> recognition you get on your own or seeing somebody that you worked with succeed, which one feels better? Um, seeing someone I work with succeed for sure, because I've had major up, up swings in my life and, and to watch somebody to work with somebody and to watch them and to show them, you know, the stuff I've done that works and then they apply it to their own lives and they, you know, they bring in $10,000 in a day or something like it just, it feels incredible. And I know that I've helped feed their kids. Like that's, yeah. you know, it's a great feeling. <laughs> that's exactly what we look forward to every single day, dude. That's exactly why I know James every single day he's in the office He's doing that exact same thing, trying to support every single one of our agents. That's yeah. that's the feeling that we love and enjoy. Like when somebody comes to you and they're like, like you've shaped their life, you've changed something for them. Like you know, in school I see this, and it's on a much smaller scale. But when I'm teaching something, something like taxes or something, and then they get it, and the light goes off. You know what I mean? That look in people's eyes, like. Oh, that's what I was looking for. Like that's the aha moment that I look for every single day. Yeah. Like that's that's what that's what fuels me personally. Yeah, I, I love it. I love uh, I love when you know you've shown someone something and that they they get it and they'll always remember you and be grateful to you. Dude, hundred percent. All right, ladies and gents, that's all we got for you guys today, Rob. Hey, man, I want to do one last uh, two things actually before we go. One. Uh, look at this camera. Tell people how to get a hold of you. All right. So you can find me on Facebook uh, under Rob Garcia, and, or you can go to my main website, which is yournextlevelofsuccess.com. And if you're looking for more biz, biz, business visibility and growth, check out uh, Tactical CEQ, my six-week course, which teaches social media, how to get media interviews, how to recruit celebrities, all kinds of stuff. The case studies are ridiculous. So find out about at, at tacticalcequcourse.com. Thanks, guys. Boom. And then one more thing we always do in ask the bros section. So while you think of a question to ask us personal business, I'm going to remind our studio audience, look, you guys want to grow your podcast or you want to start a podcast at all? Make sure you guys hit us up. We're also in the insurance business. So make sure you hit James up for that one, 619-884-0045 or james at csfirst.com. This Thursday, February 25th, we're going to have volume two of Fuck Up Nights. So we got three speakers. We got a social media guy. We got a real estate greatest salesman in the world. And we got an attorney in heels going to be talking about their biggest fuck ups. So make sure you guys check that out. We're going to leave the show notes here at the bottom. Viviana. Yeah. yeah. I was just going to ask you. <laughs> I saw your eyes. Yeah. She's going to be there. So James is going to leave the link in the show notes. Make sure you guys get your tickets. We'll love to see you guys there Thursday, uh, February 25th. I love it. So I got to ask my question now. Yeah. Go for it. Who's the funniest guest you've ever had? Dude. Funniest guest I've ever. You know what? I can think of lately. Uh, curiosity theory. Martin Lopez. Martin Lopez. He was hilarious. He for was sure. freaking funny. Uh, oh man, um, the funniest. The funniest. Which one had us laughing the most? Damn, dude, I've had a lot of laughs, but I know. Martin- I mean, I can tell. I can tell you probably one of my favorite stories was uh, Brandon uh, Stanfield. Oh my god, getting punched was- in the face. At Target? Trend, at Target? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was one of my favorite stories of all I gotta time. I got to tune into that one. That's Dude, that was yeah. really funny, man. Yeah, <laughs> that one was good. Uh, yeah, we've oh, had so hell many. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> too good, too good. Um, yeah, just all kinds of funny guests. Um, Mr. 805 was, was something else. Oh, yeah. Yeah. R.I.P. Yeah. 
Yeah. That guy, that guy was on the show. He had some great stories, too. He was freaking funny. Um, you know, and then passed away recently. Yeah, yeah. A few months ago. But, yeah, no, that, that was good, yeah. I think, uh, I think, uh, oh, hell no. <laughs> that, that, that's got to be, like, one of my most memorable, like, funny moments. <laughs> yeah. uh, Brandon Stanfield, I don't know, episode 100 and something. Yeah, he's, he's, he's way back the, there. He's in the hundreds, but. Yeah, love it. That was a good question. That was a good question. <laughs> yep. All right, ladies and gents, that's all we got for you guys today. Peace. Bye-bye. And we're out. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you interested in being on the show? Are you looking to sell your home? or have a business that needs insurance? Reach out to the Business Bros via email, businessbros at cusfirst.com right now, or click on the link in the show notes. Thank you for listening. And remember to subscribe and share the podcast with the business professionals who you think would benefit from the show. 